0: My daughter, Jillian, was remembering calling Margie years ago to tell her that we were expecting another baby. I don't know, remember which one it was. And Margie just responded with her characteristic ah! shout of joy. Margie, I always think of you with that incredible joy for life and Uh, the welcoming of life. You are someone who delights in abundant life. In fact, you actually bring life wherever you go. Everybody wants to be where you are because there will always be some story or some incredible laughter, and we're so glad today to be shouting for joy with you that uh, we have come to this moment with you. It was a great honor to be asked by Margie to give this charge. Besides the fact that I have benefited from and partnered with Margie in the mission of the church for many years, she's my sister-in-law. So I feel double privileged to speak to someone whose life I have known up close and behind the scenes. Years ago, an African priest used this metaphor in speaking to me. He said, to make a stew that feeds many, You have to start with the secret work in the kitchen that is unseen and unrecognized. Chopping vegetables, boiling bones, choosing spices. As you make the stew, the fragrance begins to spread until people throughout the house and outside of the house, even on the street, start to smell and wonder, what's going on in there? They become hungry for the food that's being prepared. Some people want to have the acknowledgement of serving a gourmet stew for others, but it has no eternal value if it's not forged in the hiddenness of toil with God. And Margie, you are someone who has toiled in secret and the life and the fragrance is coming forward. I know that you did not decide early along the way that you wanted to be ordained as a deacon in the church you simply wanted to serve the church in whatever way God put before you, which has been a desire in you since childhood. You came here right after college and began to serve. Margie has been here for 25 years serving. Here are some of the things she has done. She's been the children's pastor, a youth leader and teacher. She's taken meals, done hospital visitation, pastoral care, choir, led in transformation intensives. She started different women's ministries, including muffins and mugs and the gathering. She's preached. She's done evangelistic neighborhood events. She's led a home group for single mothers. She's discipled countless people, and she's taught retreats here and elsewhere in the diocese. I've always been touched and inspired by your life Margie, that's lived always in and for the kingdom of God. And we have been blessed by that. But you're not being ordained today as a reward for 25 years of faithful service. Many people in this church have served with hearts of sacrifice and devotion. But we have seen in you a ministry calling that carries the authority of the Mother Church. The fragrance of what you have lived in secret cannot help but lead to the feeding of many. And your ordination is the blessing of the church and the anointing to continue to labor with the Lord for eternal fruit. Why is this important to mention on this ordination day? Because the secret hidden place with God must become an even greater refuge and source of wisdom. Ordination cannot take away that need to depend on the Lord. It can only make your need more desperate. As I've been praying for you, the Lord has given me two pictures for you. The first is the picture of Mary with Jesus at the wedding of Cana. The mother, who is the sacramental symbol of the church, lived a life of being whatever Jesus was. Jesus went to the small, the sick, the suffering, the poor, and the unrecognized, and she went with him. At his first public miracle, the wedding in Cana, She saw and empathized with the need that was in the home. They had run out of wine. Mary goes to Jesus and tells him, they have no more wine. How many times have I been with you, Margie, in prayer times with people where you're standing in the presence of Jesus on behalf of someone and you're saying to the Lord, they have no more resources. They have run out. In fact, a verse you often quote is, we know not what to do, but we fix our eyes on you. But then Mary also speaks to those in need. She says, do whatever he tells you. Margie, we need mothers in the church who will move among the people and cry out to God on their behalf, confident that God will do something, so confident that you can say to them, do whatever he tells you. You have a spiritual gift to teach others to look to Jesus for the impossible, and then to catalyze a ministry of the Spirit that applies His transformative word in the moment. I will never forget when you spoke at one of the first hours of the first all-night vigil that we had here. After you taught so beautifully in that winsome and joyful way you have, you suggested a prayer for anyone who needed a cleansing of the imagination. Let's ask God to do something that we can't do for ourselves, to cleanse from our imaginations those oppressive images, those crushing fantasies, those sick and twisted pictures of ourselves. People lined up in droves, and we were off to the races. People freed from demonic oppression, from shame, things that had haunted them for years, and on and on. But we had to laugh that Margie had already gotten us behind schedule in the first hour of the all-night vigil (laughs) by unleashing a work of the Spirit such as she is prone to do. (laughs) Margie, your wine has run out many times, and you have seen as you stay with Jesus and obey that he has done the miracle of his transformation. Even as you go to pour out water and you know that wine is needed, you've seen him transform it. Therefore, you can minister that to others. You don't have to make water into wine. He does that. But you can minister the presence of the one who can do the impossible. The second image I have for you is a magnifying glass. Years ago, I went to the American Science and Surplus store to buy a magnifying glass. The 20-something behind the counter asked me what size of magnifying glass I was looking for. I said, I don't know, just one you can hold in your hand and magnify bugs or slowly burn a little piece of paper. He told me that my imagination for this was quite limited because there are sheets of magnifying plexiglass that if held to the sun could ignite paper in seconds. His next question was, do you want to see? Well, I could tell that he wanted to show me, so my curiosity was piqued. So he brought out a large sheet of magnifying plexiglass. He grabbed a paper bag from behind the counter and said, it's best if we do this outside. (laughs) So we stepped outside, and he held the magnifying sheet in the path of the sun. It took one second for that paper bag to erupt in large flames. Now, I quickly said, that's not the one I'm taking, (laughs) especially when you have four boys. But Margie, you have done this in our midst. I have seen up close you live many years of your husband's illness and then the suffering of his death and the long, lonely path of grief and raising your children on your own, a path you're still on. But in all that time, you have been just as engaged in fact, more engaged in the life of the church. You and your children are here at every prayer meeting, every vision meeting, every service. You've served as interim children's pastor even in your suffering. You've had others over who were suffering. You've begun ministries. Your life was marked by joy and confidence in the goodness of the Lord even in your grief. You have learned the deep lessons of trusting God when all around gives way. Even when you felt like you had nothing to give, your very life magnified the Lord. Margie, if you simply continue to stand in the presence of Jesus privately through prayer, fasting and worship, waiting on him as in his all-sufficient presence, he is your father, your wisdom, your life, you will magnify him. Those who look at you will see Jesus high and lifted up, all-sufficient and loving, but you will also magnify his presence by intensifying his light so that it ignites others into flame with the Holy Spirit. They will know the fire of purification and the warmth of community. They will be warmed and fed simply by you standing in the path of Jesus. You cannot make fire the same way that you cannot make water into wine, but you can be the magnifying glass through which others see Jesus, larger than their own circumstances, and the magnifying glass that sets others aflame. Now, I want to speak to Charlotte and Josiah for a moment. God doesn't just call a mother or a father into ministry without calling the whole family. Your mother and father brought you into the world with the heritage of living life in the kingdom of God, living life in service to the church. As you know, your father served this church with his whole heart. He set worship and healing deep into the core of who this church is. Your parents served the church together with all their hearts after they finally figured out they needed to be married. (laughs) Took a while. (laughs) We all knew it, but. Now your mother has continued that legacy for you. You are part of a family who serves the church. This means sacrifice. It means coming early and staying late. You guys have figured that out. It means not complaining about the work God has given your family to do. It means learning to keep silent when you know something maybe you accidentally overheard. Ask my kids. This means forging your deep inner life of prayer and communion with your heavenly Father. You are not too young to listen to the Lord And receive from him and bless your mother with the prayers that you're praying even for her and for the ministry. You are called to this kingdom ministry. Margie, it is with deep respect for you and deep joy that I charge you this day to be as a mother among us who walks with Jesus into the small and hidden places where resources are thin And intercede on our behalf while encouraging us to trust in his solutions and sufficiency. And be to us that magnifier who both magnifies the Lord and ignites us by standing in the light of his presence.